1 John 1, 5 says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. It's one of five statements in the scripture that tells us what God is made of. He's made of love and light. This verse says he is a consuming fire. He is a spirit. He is made of light, and in him is no darkness at all. 1 Timothy 6 says, God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and glory and might forever. Amen. God lives in unapproachable light. God is so bright that no human being, no flesh can approach him. We can't even look on him. If we saw him, our bodies would die. He is that bright. He is pure light. Back in the summer, I read you all of the scriptures that describe what God looks like on his throne. And his body and his throne and the angels around him are all made of fire. Remember? He is light and fire. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow. There is no shade or shadow No percentage of darkness in God at all. Amen? Amen. Amen. And in the beginning, when he created Adam and Eve, what he created as human beings were beings of fire and light also. The Sunday school pictures, the cartoon Bibles, pictures that you have seen of Adam and Eve that look like us, I think are totally wrong. We're the product of 6,000 years of pollution and sin and genetic degrading. It's actually a thing. Genetics degrade with every generation. We are so far down the pipeline, I don't think we can even imagine what Adam and Eve looked like. Because Genesis 2 says, God created them in his image, and the word means reflection. That when God looked in the mirror, he saw Adam. And when Adam looked in the mirror, he saw God. They looked exactly alike. In his image, he created them. That means Adam looked like fire and light. The deer and the rabbits and the lions in the Garden of Eden, when Adam walked through the garden, they couldn't tell if that was Adam or God until he spoke. He is the exact replica of God. Psalm 8 says this, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than God. And you crowned him with glory and honor. Adam and Eve, when God created them, were crowned with the glory of God. What is that? It's a halo. Come on, that idea came from somewhere. The painters didn't make that up. There were some people that had seen one. Hello. God crowned humanity with his glory. We wore... Adam and Eve wore the light of God, the glory of God, enveloped their body like clothing. When Adam looked in the mirror, he was the reflection of God, the exact image. God was the source of the light. Adam wore the light. All right? Adam was not the same as God. He looked the same as God. Get the difference. He and Eve wore the fire glory of God, the Shekinah glory, like clothing, and then they sinned, and it left. And that's when they saw they were naked. They weren't naked before. They were clothed with the Spirit of God. They wore the glory of God. 
They were the exact image of God, and then they blew it. And the glory departed from their bodies, and then they knew that they were naked, and darkness came into the world. Proverbs 4.19 says, The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Isaiah 59, I've abbreviated it quite a bit. It says, Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, and your fingers with guilt, and your lips have spoken lies, and your deeds are evil. So, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We look for light, but all is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in deep shadows. Like the blind, we grope along the wall, feeling our way like men without eyes. At midday, we stumble as if it were twilight. We are like the dead. In sin, we are so blind that Isaiah says it's like you don't have eyes at all. It's like no earthly darkness that exists. The darkness that came in to the world with sin, the spiritual environment of this planet is darkness. The darkness that came into Egypt in the plagues was a physical darkness. It wasn't just a lack of light. It was a cloud of, I don't have any way, better way to say it, but a cloud of antimatter darkness. It was, they could not see their hand in front of their face. They, they couldn't move at all because of the darkness, and that is the spiritual environment of this planet. Right now, as we speak, it is. Isaiah 60, verse 2 says, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen. It's a really good place for an amen right there. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise. God created this world in perfect light. He is perfect light. He clothed Adam and Eve in perfect light, and they rejected it. And darkness came in so dark, spiritually, morally, we could not find our way back to God. We lived in such darkness that we were, like Isaiah says, we were like groping, like blind men without eyes, groping along the wall, trying to find our way. I don't mean that physically the planet was dark. I mean spiritually. Yes? But God was still light. And he came to earth. He visited the Israelites as a pillar of fire. And he said, here's the light. Follow me. In Exodus 13, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. When I was a kid, I used to think that the, the pillar changed from cloud to fire every time the sun went up or down. That's not true. It was the same thing. It was just in the daylight, it looked like a cloud of smoke, but at night when it was dark, you could see the fire inside. It was the Shekinah glory of God that the Bible says is enveloped in heavy smoke, but it is glory, fire. And God had to kind of wrap it in smoke and cloud or it would have killed everybody because we can't see his glory. He told Moses, you can't see my face. It will kill you, but I'll put my hand over you and I'll let you see my back. So even the pillar of cloud and fire, the pillar of fire is the presence of God on earth. Shining a light, leading the Israelites this way and that, but he still has to wrap it in cloud and smoke so that it doesn't kill them. So in the day it looked like cloud and smoke, in the night it looked like fire. Exodus 40, 
Then the cloud of fire covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. God brought his light back to earth to show the Israelites, to show his people how to live and what way to go. And while he was here, he gave them his law, his word. And Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse 130 says, Your words give light. So Proverbs 6, 23 says, The commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. So God, when he was present on the earth as the pillar of fire for 40 years in the wilderness, God gave them this law. And he said, Here is a lamp. Here is a light. You can see in the darkness. This will show you the way to go. This will show you how to live. Use this lamp. And then he left. Did he not? As soon as they were done with the wilderness and they crossed over into the promised land, the pillar of fire is gone. God is no longer lighting the way. This is to light their way. God tells Joshua, live by every word in this and it will show you the way. Do not depart from this book of the law. This is now your light. This is your lamp. And what did we do? We threw it away and wandered off in the darkness. Did we not? Every one of us, the Israelites, together and individually, and every one of us, humanity, and all of us individually. We said, I don't want to live this way. I'll go a different way. I can find my way in the darkness. I can figure it out. I got a plan, God. I know better than this book. I'll lead my own life. Thank you very much. And you got two steps, and you were seriously trapped. You were totally lost in the darkness because you put your lamp down. And there is no light out there. None. Anywhere. It is black darkness so we wouldn't obey and we got lost in the darkness again god had another plan for another light isaiah 9 2 says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light those who dwelled in the land of the shadow of death upon them a light has shined that light had a name i'll bet you know what his name is it's jesus god had another plan you reject my word I'll come again myself as a great light in the darkness so you can find your way. Jesus said in John 8, 12 and 9, 5, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John 12, 46, he says, I have come as a light into the world and whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. John 1, 4 and 5, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There were three apostles about a week before the crucifixion who got to see Jesus light up. In Matthew 17, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. In the middle of the night, on the top of the mountain, with Peter, James, and John, Jesus' face began to shine as bright as the sun, and his clothes lit up. Luke says, whiter than any bleach could get his fabric, it shone like light. 
Are you with me? Jesus' face shone like the sun and his clothes were light. I want you to get, you got to get this. In that moment, on that night, nothing new happened to Jesus. He did not become in that moment something he was not an hour before. What happened was God opened Peter, James, and John's eyes so that they could see into the spirit and they saw Jesus as God who he really was. Only about a third of you got that. (laughs) Up there on that mountain in the middle of the night, Jesus walks up as a normal, everyday, physical, biological human being and Peter and James and John are with him. And he shines like the sun, and he lit up so bright they couldn't look at him. It says they, in one of the Gospels, it says they fall on their face. He's so bright. And the description of Jesus here matches the description of God the Father from the Old Testament. He is being shown as God. Did Jesus become God that night? No, he was always God. It was always true that he shone like the sun. In the spirit, which is why the demons screamed when he walked into town. Hello? Jesus says, you have eyes, but you're not seeing. And in that moment, he opened their eyes so they could see, and they saw him for who he really was. They saw that his face shone like the sun, and he was clothed in light. And then all of a sudden, the experience stopped, and they go back to normal, everyday, physical, biological life, and they walk down the mountain, and... Peter, James, and John all say we didn't have a clue what had just happened until he rose from the dead and then we figured it out. He didn't become something he had not been before. It was the apostles being given by a miracle, by a glimpse of the Holy Spirit. They were given a glimpse into the spirit world and they saw who Jesus was all the time. In the physical world, he walked around like a normal man. But in the spirit, he shone like the sun all the time because he was clothed in the glory of God like Psalm 8 says. So God had a plan. When we rejected this lamp, he said, I'll come as a light, a great light. And some people, again, rejected him, but some people came running. John 3, this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Some people don't want to come to the light because they don't want to be seen, what they're doing. Other people are very happy that somebody is lighting the way and showing them how to get free from what they're stuck in. 1 Peter 2.9 says, You may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It is the invitation of Jesus to come out of darkness and come to his marvelous light. Come into the light. You don't have to have secret sin. You don't have to be trapped in something that you can't talk to somebody about. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be filled with hate. You can be free. Come out of the darkness and come to the light. That's his invitation. Come out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Proverbs twenty twenty seven says, The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. And on the day of Pentecost, God relit those candles. In Acts 2, it says, The day of Pentecost had fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat upon each of them. God put the halo back. 
Psalm 8, he made us a little lower than God. He crowned us with glory. There it is. God put the fire back on our head. You see it? God relit the light that's supposed to be alive in you, that sin had killed. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Just like you touch a lit candle to an unlit candle, the unlit candle is going to get lit. You touch the God of living fire, you're going to light on fire. God's going to light you like a candle. And all of a sudden, there's light. Because you're filled with the living fire of God. Some of you are happy about that. God puts the halo back. Maybe you want to see that as like your Lumiere and the Beauty and the Beast. You know, the, the man that is the candle. God moved the light back to humans as he originally intended. John 12, 36 says, Believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. And the next one is Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking. Three times Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But two times he said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, a bushel is a basket. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. I'm here to light you on fire. Don't put a big basket on your head and try to hide it from everybody. There's so many people who believe in God and Jesus, but they don't want anybody to know. Well, I don't want to be weird. You're trying to fit in with the darkness? Come on. Jesus made you a flashlight and you're turning yourself off. I don't want anybody to see anything. They'll think I'm weird. My faith is a personal thing and I keep it private. Jesus said, no, you don't keep it private. You shine their light in their eye. Romans 13, 12, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Hey, put on the armor of light. God has a suit of armor for you to wear. Woo. Whether you think of medieval knight or Iron Man, I don't care. Put on the suit. It's light. God has clothed you in light again like Adam and Eve. You wear the glory of God. And it is impenetrable. And it is bright. And it is holy. And it is beautiful. And it is hot. Let us put on the armor of light. You don't have this dinky little candle flame sticking out of your head. All of those cartoon Sunday school flannel graph pictures about the day of Pentecost where they got this little flame blowing on their head. No, they were clothed with fire. 
We wear the light of God like an Iron Man suit. Yeah. Put on the armor of light. You wear the glory of God, folks. Philippians 2, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, you shine as lights in the world. You are supposed to be different. You're supposed to be glaringly, obviously, blindingly different than everyone else around you. Instead, you stick a basket on your head and walk around hoping nobody notices you're a Christian. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. He commands us to shine. Isaiah 60 Arise and shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Shine! Whatever that means in your life, shine. It's God's light, it's not ours. We can't be charismatic or friendly or nice enough to save anybody. We have to share Jesus. Jesus is the light. He is the source. We're just wearing him. Right? But we have to shine. We have to wear him. We have to give it away. Acts 13, 47. The Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. And Acts 26. I send you to the unbelievers to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Jesus has need of your light. You're supposed to be shining so that people find him, so they can see their way in that darkness. Only the light of Jesus can cut through the spiritual darkness that is the atmosphere of this planet. The light is God. The source of the light is the Holy Spirit. It's His fire in your heart. You are not the source. You can't be good enough or nice enough or popular enough to win anybody to Jesus. You have to give Jesus away. That wins them. But that light that He has put inside of you is not some tiny little LED speck way down deep in the core of your chest. You're supposed to wear this light on the outside like armor. You are a lamp, and Jesus wants to put you on a lampstand so that you shine, so that everybody knows this light surrounds you. It crowns you like a flame on a candle. If Christ is in you, or if you really truly belong to him, then you shine in the darkness exactly, and I mean that literally, exactly like he did that night on the mountain. Spiritually, your face is as bright as the sun, and you wear light for clothing. It's not a metaphor. It's literally true in the spirit, if we could see it. Your face is as bright as the sun, and you are clothed in light. About six of you are nodding. The other half of you are thinking. The other half of you are bored. All right. You wear light. You shine like the sun if you are in Christ. If you're not, your spirit is dead, and we would love to light your fire this morning. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. We would love to pray for you, and you can find life that is light in your heart. 
This is not a metaphor, though. It wasn't an event that happened to Jesus, and you getting baptized, either in water or fire, was not an event that happened to you. It changed who you are. And you are now clothed in light, just like Jesus was that night. When that event on the top of the mountain stopped, when it ended, and the apostles and Jesus walked down the mountain, his face in the spirit world, he didn't change. He didn't go back to being normal humans. He's still who they saw up on the mountain. When you got baptized and saved and you were all on fire for Jesus and life was grand and the rainbows and skittles were flying, nothing has changed except our own feelings or maybe our own obedience or maybe our own passion and excitement about it. Hello. Nothing changed. You are still as pure and as born again and as shiny as you were the day he cleaned you off. In the spirit. It's still the same. You are exactly who Jesus was up on that mountain. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have that. We would love to give it to you. But if you have made Jesus Lord, if you have been baptized and you made him the boss of your life, that's who you are spiritually. You are born again and he changed you into a being of fire and light. So just as Jesus didn't appear blindingly bright in everyday life, well, neither do you. But it is there all the time, just as it was with him. And once in a while, somebody's going to get a glimpse of that. And I don't mean they're going to see some aura of light around you. I mean, you're going to say something, and that blind person who's lost and chained up in darkness is going to say, Oh, wait a minute. Shine that light back over here. What did you just say? There's freedom there. Ooh, there's joy. Shine that a little brighter. How are you so happy? Shine that a little brighter. Hey, hey, wait a minute. What do you got that I don't got? There's a fire in you. I've been hoping somebody would come and tell me the way. One of the men told Paul. I was waiting for somebody to show up and tell me. You got all kinds of family and friends and classmates and coworkers who are totally lost in darkness. And they do not know it. But you, when you show up, ought to be shining a light. Some of them will like it very much. Others will not, as you well know. They don't want to see the light. But I want you to imagine yourself in a sphere, in a bubble of rainbow living light that surrounds you. You've seen the people running around in those great big inflatable bubbles and they, you know, they run into each other and bounce. And This is you in the bubble of the Holy Spirit in color and rainbow and living fire. This is you in an atmosphere of utter blackest darkness. You are a bubble rainbow. How much greater could that get? Some of you are really turned on by that. You're a rainbow bubble. It's the glory of God around you, coming out of you. For those of you older folks, you might remember in the the Peanuts cartoons with Charlie Brown and Snoopy, you remember Pigpen. He lived in a cloud of dirt everywhere he went, and when people got close to him, they got dirty. This is you in the glory of God. You live in a bubble of the glory of God, and wherever you go, people get it on them. For those of you who are too young to know about Pigpen, I'll just use a different example. There's some superhero characters that, are, that their power is they become fire. Like their body is fire. All the older folks are blank faces. 
if, however you want to picture it, however you need it, you need to see yourself as living light. Fire in a bubble of life and joy and salvation. And I don't mean that you're happy all the time. That's living by the flesh. But I mean in the spirit you are living in the presence of God and the light of his truth and life. And everywhere you go, it ought to rub off. So I got a couple pictures here we're going to put on the screen. Computer-generated photo of the United States at night. And it's enhanced for us to see, but you can see the light concentrations there are all the major cities in the U.S. And eastern side, you can see, has much more people, but bigger cities. But you can see the I-5 corridor there in the corner of um, Washington and Oregon. And I'm sure you're seeing all kinds of different places that you've been to or know about. The next photo is the entire Earth at night. And I understand that the Earth is not all night at once. Sorry if that shocks you. I don't have time for a science lesson. (laughs) But this is a computer-generated photo, okay? It's just put assimilation of photos of the Earth at night, and you get to see where all the concentration of population is. You can see that Africa is mostly unpopulated. Australia is almost completely dark, and you can see where the Amazon jungle is. But you can see that Europe and India and China are very, very densely populated. Lots of light, city lights there, okay? That's just to get this little picture in your head. So now what I need you to do is, how many of you have been in, our, in an airplane over our valley and looked down on it? Or you have been to the top of Mount Emily or Mount Fannin, you've looked down on our valley, or you've at least looked on Google Earth, and you know how to accurately imagine our valley from straight up above. Okay? Close your eyes and do that. Everybody, close your eyes. Imagine yourself straight above our valley at a, a mile or two height, however you want to do it. So you've seen Google Earth, or you've been in an airplane, or you've been on the top of the mountain. You're looking down our valley. It is pitch black dark. You cannot see anything. It's so physically black, dark, you can't see your hand in front of your face. But you know that you're on top of our valley. But you can't see anything. Is everybody there? Darker than any night you've ever seen. And then in that darkness, there's a bubble of light comes out of her house and she gets in her car and she drives to work. And here's another bubble of light comes out of his house and he gets in his car and he goes to school. And there's another bubble of light wandering through the mountains. And then there are hundreds and there are thousands of spheres of light moving about our valley, going about their everyday, normal, daily life. That is the spiritual atmosphere of our valley that the earth is in deep darkness but God has put his living light in his people and we carry him with us wherever we go and there are thousands of these lights moving around our valley and on Sunday mornings they drive to the same places and those buildings light up really bright because there's more lights all together all at once and they're really really bright you see it You can open your eyes and turn the lights on. Thank you, Mike. This is how I want you to see it. That wherever you go, whether there's problems or troubles or death or normal everyday life, the people you work with, the people you go to school with are stumbling about in darkness and they desperately need somebody to show them a light. And you are carrying it. Jesus said you are the light of the world. Some people don't like it though. 2 Corinthians 4 
says, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let me say all that again a different way. You who are in Christ, you who have seen Jesus, just like Moses, your face has begun to shine because you've seen Jesus face to face. And that verse says that light that Jesus put in you and on you because you have seen him is supposed to come out of you as the gospel. You are supposed to speak hope and truth and freedom and joy and salvation and healing and life and peace and freedom. To bring that in your deeds and your attitudes and your words and your prayers and your love and your giving and whatever it is. We're supposed to shine the light of the gospel, but some people don't like it. They don't want the light of the glory of the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ to shine on them. But we shine anyway. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil and those who put darkness for light and light for darkness and who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. There are people who look at our light and call it darkness and they look at their own darkness and call it light. You know some. They don't want to come into the light. They don't want to admit that this is right. I don't want that lamp. I'm doing okay by myself, thank you. And you know they're not, but they won't admit it. Shine anyway. Shine anyway. Yes. Don't worry about who it offends. Shine. Because there are a lot of people who are desperately waiting for you to shine. To speak up. To say the truth. To set them free. To bring them to Jesus. There's a lot of people, more than you would know, at work and at school who want to hear what you have inside of you. So there are people who are stumbling about in darkness. There are people who are full of light and carry the gospel and joy and love and forgiveness wherever they go. There are other people who have big basket hats on hoping nobody notices the light inside. And then there are people who have the light in and on and around them. And then they go and bring darkness inside that bubble. God has set them free from it, but they bring it in. Luke 11, Jesus is speaking. He said, the eye is the lamp of the body. Therefore, if your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. Until about two years ago, I didn't, I didn't ever understand that phrase. Jesus said, your eye is the lamp of your body. Because I pictured the eye shining out. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's, the eye shines inside our body. Our eye is where light comes from out here inside of us. Right? Jesus says the eye is the lamp of the body. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed. The light that is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark... The whole body will be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. The things you look at, the movies you watch, and the places you go online put either light or darkness inside of your body and your heart. And you know it. You've looked at some pretty dark stuff and you felt pretty gross afterwards. You've listened to gossip or you've watched a bad movie or you've thought things 
that make you feel heavy and dark inside. Jesus said that is real darkness really in your body. The eye is the lamp of the body and your body is either full of light or darkness. The light and the darkness are not physical, biological, it's spiritual, but it affects our body and we know it because we feel it. You've been putting stuff in your body that isn't holy. It isn't light. It's darkness in your body. It's death. Stop it. Stop watching that stuff. Stop doing that stuff. 1 John 2, 9 and 10. He who says he is in the light but hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Jesus came and set you free. And he forgave you and he loved you and he put you in an armor bubble of glory, fire, living, rainbow light. And then you go outside of that and grab some unforgiveness and hatred and bitterness and you bring it inside your bubble. How stupid is that? But we all do it. You know, it's a time-honored statement uh, tradition of preachers to say that light and dark cannot coexist and that you never see light and dark wrestling and fighting you just flip the switch and light comes on and the darkness leaves that's not true there are different levels and combinations of light and dark everywhere there's shadow and shade and different amounts of lumens hello it is totally possible that you can have light and dark in your heart at the same time and jesus says don't do it If you have any darkness in your heart, as in hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness, then all of your heart is dark. Because God is all light in whom is no darkness. If you have any part darkness, you can't be with him. That's why Jesus said we must forgive everyone. No darkness inside your armor. Forgive. Repent. Stop putting stuff in your body through your eyes and your mouth or your skin, or however else you take it in. It's popping your bubble. Your armor's falling off in chunks. Put it back on. That happens in the movie. The Iron Man suit falls apart, remember? And all of a sudden, he's not invincible anymore. You got one part missing on the armor, all of a sudden, the rest of it's worthless. Come on. I'm prophesying to you. I didn't say this first service. Those of you who have not said yes to Jesus, we would love to light you on fire today. We would love to pray for you and introduce you to Jesus, and he will, he will light your fire. He will make you alive. You will feel light and clean and bright on the inside. Can I get an amen? Anybody else been there and done that? Yeah. Those of you who have, pass the fire. Everywhere you go, you are carrying light. You are clothed in it. You are surrounded with it. You live in a sphere of light, in a bubble of joy, in an aura of freedom. You live under a halo of the glory of God. You are crowned with the fire of God. Live like it. You can do it. You are truth where there's a lie. You are hope where there's hopelessness. You are life where there's death. You are the one who is alive when everybody around you is dead. Bring life and truth and hope and forgiveness and love and grace and mercy wherever you go. We're not here to be nice, folks. We're here to set people free. We're here to shine a blinding light in the darkness so that those who want to can find the way home to God. Ephesians 5.8 
For you were once darkness. Not you were in the darkness, you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Not you have a light, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for shining your great light in the deep darkness. Thank you that you did not leave us alone, Lord. It was our own fault. We had wandered off and stumbled into the darkness. We threw away your lamp, which was your word, and we decided we would do it our own way, and it totally failed, and we got lost, and we got bound up. We were trapped. We were stuck. We were imprisoned, and you didn't leave us alone. You shined a great light into the darkness, and we saw your spotlight, Lord. We heard your words, and we knew they were truth and freedom. So we said yes. We say yes again this morning, Lord, to your truth, to your light, to your freedom, to your hope, to your joy. We ask you to shine your light in the darkness once again and set us free. Thank you that you fill us with your light, Lord. Lord, forgive us for bringing darkness into our bodies, into our minds, into our eyes. We have looked at, we have done dark things even after you set us free and surrounded us in your holy light, we have brought darkness into your temple and we repent. We say, purify us, Lord. Burn out with your holy fire anything impure. Chase the darkness away with your pure light. Thank you for filling us with hope and joy and truth and freedom and salvation. Lord, we want to be those who put on the armor of light and walk into the darkness and shine. Lord, we never have any reason to be afraid. We never have any reason to be lost or to not know the way because we have your word and your spirit. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And your spirit is a fire of life inside of us, of protection around us. And in a dark world, we live in a living rainbow of color and joy and light. Thank you. Thank you for filling us. Thank you for lighting us on fire. Thank you for giving us the armor of light. We pledge today to walk in the light and not in darkness. We bless your holy name. We praise you, Jesus. Amen.